Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Folks, one of the amazing things that God has done at Wares Valley Ranch is to develop Camp Arrowwood. We are so blessed to have kids every year whose parents uh, jump on the internet and uh, sign them up for camp within the first few minutes that signups are available. And uh, Camp Arrowwood's website is thebestcamp.com. And uh, arguably, that is a a very valid name for the camp because it really is a wonderful place. I've had grandkids attend over the years. I've had uh, my own children work camp as counselors. Uh, One of my kids, uh, one of the adopted children, came to faith at the camp and uh, has certainly walked it out in the years that have followed. But um, yesterday, uh, you got to hear one of the devotionals from this summer's uh, camp. I come down and, and teach a devotional uh, at the, uh, in the morning, and um, we always enjoy seeing a new crop of kids every year. Now, I mean, there are a bunch of them who are back for the second or third or fourth year, but uh, they, they listen with eagerness and come up afterwards and thank me for the messages, and they talk to me during the week about how uh, God's Word is impacting their lives, and that is so exciting. We love what we do here at the ranch year-round with children living in homes uh, rather than dormitories, going to school and getting an individualized tutorial education. All that's wonderful. We've got our counseling program. It's tremendous biblical counseling. I mean, so many good things, therapeutic recreation, horseback riding program, adventure rec, all these things. But in the summer, we get to minister to so many more kids. Hundreds of kids come here over the course of the summer in order to experience Camp Arrowwood. And one of the good things that does is to send a message to the kids who are here year-round because they realize that what they're uh, seeing in the summer is kids who get to come just for a week and experience riding on the horses that our school kids get to ride on all year. They swim in the same pool that our students swim in the rest of the year. And our kids get to swim in it in the summer too. But I mean, it, it's just it's a beautiful thing to see how God has used Camp Arrowwood not only to reach many children for Christ and to encourage the faith of kids who are already believers, but... He also uses that to encourage the kids who are in our year-round program at Wears Valley Ranch. So I hope as you listen to today's message, which is the second in this series from this summer, you'll be blessed. want to read, first of all, a verse from the book of Proverbs. It's a verse that actually occurs twice in the book of Proverbs. The first time 
is in Proverbs 14.12. This is what it says. It's very straightforward. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. That verse is repeated in chapter 16, verse 25. But then Jesus talks about that same thing in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says this, Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Jesus says there are only two roads. We're living in a world that says, oh no, there are many ways. My wife and I just got back from a trip to Florida. I was preaching down there and we took some Students from Wares Valley Ranch who had memorized the entire Sermon on the Mount, including the part I just read to you. And I'll tell you this, there are a bunch of ways to get to and from Florida from here. There are a bunch of roads. You can take the interstate. You can take the back roads. It all depends on how long you want to take to get there. My wife and the girls went down early, earlier than I did, because I had to stay here to preach and then to conduct a funeral for a precious friend. So I went down there actually by plane. I flew. And as we flew, I'm sitting up as a small private plane. I'm sitting up in the seat next to the pilot. And on the screen, you can see where all the thunderstorms are. And we're having to call the traffic control and ask permission to deviate from the course that they've laid out for us in order to avoid some of those bad storms. So we get permission to go a little bit, this many degrees to the right or this many degrees to the left. And we have to report what we're going to do so that they know where we are and where we're trying to go. But again, You can go this way, you can go that way. You adjust your course as needed in order to try and avoid the storms. But Jesus says that in terms of where you and I are going to spend forever, there are two roads, one of which most people are on. It is a broad road. And some people are to the right on that broad road. And some people are over to the left on that broad road. But they're still on the same road. They're still going in the same direction. And Jesus says, they're going to be destroyed. All of them. Because they're going the wrong way. Well, the people over here think the people over there are really messed up. And the people over there think the people over there are really messed up. But they're all messed up. They're all lost. 
They're all headed for destruction, according to Jesus. There is a way that leads to life. But it's a completely different road. And it's going in a different direction. That's why the Bible repeatedly talks about repentance, both in the Old Testament and the New. What does repent mean? It means a change of mind that results in a change of direction. Okay? So if I'm going down the road and I realize, oh, I'm going the wrong way. And so now I just continue going that way, but I know that I should not. I'm still going the wrong way. If I'm headed for destruction and I come to realize this is, this is a disaster, I'm, I'm going to be destroyed, but I just keep on going, I'm going to be destroyed. To repent means that I realize, oh, I'm going the wrong way. And so I turn and I go in the opposite direction. If you do that, you're going to find yourself going against traffic. You're going to find yourself being laughed at. People saying, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Where are you going? Come on, go with the flow. Get with it. Let's, let's move on. Who do you think you are? You think you're better than we are? Jesus said there are only two choices. One results in death, and you'll find yourself with a lot of company. And the other way leads to life, and few people find it. Now, if you find the way to life, and there is only one, if you find that way, does that make you smarter than everybody else? <laughs> Those idiots, look at that. No, you were doing the same thing they were. It's not about being smarter than somebody else. There are a lot of intelligent, educated people on that broad road headed for destruction. It's not about your smarts. It's about God and his mercy opening your eyes. I was going the wrong way and God turned me around. But I'll tell you something. There are a lot of people, Jesus said, in this same chapter, in chapter 7, there are a lot of people who are going to be very surprised one day that they were on that road. I'm going to read a few other verses from Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Whoa. I mean, those people believed in Jesus as, it says here they called him Lord. And they did things in Jesus' name. How were they on the wrong road? I'm so glad you asked that question. Because you see, when they are before God, they're not trusting in Jesus. 
They're giving Jesus a list of what they've done that they think should make them deserve God's love, make them deserve heaven. Lord, Lord, we did this and we did this and we did this. If you're trusting in what you do or don't do to get you into heaven, you're still on the broad road. If you think you're going to be saved by just believing the right stuff and doing the right stuff, you're still relying on yourself for salvation. Folks, recently I've gotten quite a few phone calls from people around the country who are struggling with uh, uncertainty, anxiety, wondering how to live in these current times with the things that are happening nationally and internationally, politically and economically, uh, health-wise, all kinds of things that are causing people to be anxious. And in answering those questions and trying to provide biblical counsel, I've often gone back to things that I wrote several years ago in a book that a number of people have found a great help. And so I want to offer that book to you at a discounted price. If you go on our website, you'll find that the price on Living Well in Babylon has been marked down to $10. That is a limited time offer. As you know, if you listen to this program regularly, we don't do a lot of merchandising. We don't sell things on this show. But I do want to make this book available to you, so we've lowered the price to $10. And if you'd like to get a copy, details will follow in a moment as to how you can do so. But Living Well in Babylon is simply 10 lessons from the book of Daniel that offer encouragement to believers about how to serve the Lord in a country that is hostile to God. What do you do in order to be faithful to Him when the government and the people around you are not? I hope that you'll consider getting Living Well in Babylon, because I believe it'll bless you. To get your copy of Living Well in Babylon, visit our website, at wvr.org and click on books or call us at 866-41-ABIDE. That's 866-412-2433. To step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and is holding out his hand the letter to the church in Galatia, we call it the book of Galatians, was written to a group of people who had heard about Jesus and they trusted him as their Lord and Savior. And somebody came along and said, oh, that's not enough. You're going to have to have a surgical operation, gentlemen. And uh, unless you do, you're not going to be saved. And these men were like, well, I certainly want to be saved. So what, what do I have to do? And God moved the Apostle Paul to write to them and say, Don't do it! Don't have the surgery! Because it's not about what you do that gets you into heaven. It's about Jesus. Are you trusting Him? Pastor, what are you saying? It doesn't matter at all what we do. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it matters completely where your trust is. 
If you're trusting in yourself and what you believe and what you do to get you into heaven, you're not trusting in Jesus. If you're trusting in Jesus, then you're going to want to do what the Lord says to do. Because you're grateful for what he did for you. But you're doing it out of love for the one who died to save you. You're not doing it because you think, you know, if I work hard at this, I think I can, I think I can get over the bar. I'm going to try really, really hard. And I, I know I make mistakes. I know I mess up sometimes. But, but I think if I really try, I can make it. One of my friends in Atlanta used to live in New Jersey. And back when he lived in New Jersey, he had a neighbor who was a very hardworking, responsible fellow. And his neighbor decided it was time to clean his gutters. And so he got a ladder and he put it up against the back of his two-story house. And he went up the ladder and he, he started to clean the gutters and then he thought, oh, this is, this is dangerous. And he came back down and he got a rope and he tied it around his waist and he went up back up the ladder, and he took the rope and he threw it over the top of the house and he asked his son to go around to the front of the house and get that rope and tie it to something good and strong so that if the ladder slipped, the rope would catch him. That seems like a good safety-minded thing. His son said, okay, Came back a few minutes later and his dad called down to him and he said, did you tie it good and tight? The boy said, yes. Now the man resumed cleaning the gutters. And everything seemed to go fine for a few minutes until the man's wife went out, got in the car, and headed for the store. What do you think happened? The son had tied the rope to the back of the family car. And so when the woman took off for the store, the husband went, woo! Airborne. He did live, but he said, I knew I was in trouble when I cleared the peak of the roof. I mean, get a picture of that in your mind's eye. The man's yanked off the ladder, up over the top, down the other side, hits the ground, fractures his pelvis, broke his legs, broke his arms, and his wife didn't know what had happened, and she continued to drive to the store, dragging him for blocks down the pavement till somebody flagged her down, got her to stop the car, went back and got the man taken by ambulance to the hospital. He spent months. He was in a body cast. He had to have multiple surgeries. They had to do skin grafts and tissue grafts. He had horrible infections that he had to have antibiotics for. He nearly died because he put his trust in the wrong thing. He thought the rope would save him. And instead, it almost killed him. Folks, 
it's very important that you know there are only two roads. And most people are on the road that leads to destruction. You need to be sure that your only hope is Jesus. That your trust is in him. Because if you trust in yourself and what you do, you're lost. Well, isn't the important thing just that we be sincere? No. Well, isn't it important to be sincere? Yes. But you can be sincerely wrong. If I, if I just really believe, I, I'm just going to, just let me concentrate here for a minute. I, what I want to do is to levitate up off the platform and fly around the room for just a moment so that you will know that there really is a supernatural realm. So just, just give me a moment. Okay, wait a minute. I've got to put negative thoughts out of my mind. I do not believe in gravity. I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. I be- Will it work? No. Because gravity is real whether I believe in it or not. And I'm not a bird. Yeah, if I do this real hard, still can't fly. Not going to happen. There are a whole lot of people in this country who have a problem with depression. Do you know the number one thing that people who are depressed do to try and feel better? The number one thing they do is they drink alcohol. Do you know what the effect of alcohol is on the brain? It's a depressant. It's a depressant. Did you know that if you run into the garage to get something to put out the fire and you pick up a gasoline can, it's not going to put out the fire. It's going to make things worse. No matter how sincere you are, if you're sincerely wrong, it won't fix it. Please understand that. No matter how sincere you are, if you're sincerely wrong, it won't fix it. Well, there are people who say there's no such thing as truth. Okay? It's all just whatever you believe, that's, that's what's true for you. I mean, Esther Wood, that's your truth, and, and I respect that. You have a right to that, but... You, you need to understand, that's not my truth. When a person says there is no such thing as truth, they've just proved themselves wrong. Because they're making a statement as if their statement is true. You follow that? So don't be impressed by school teachers or people on television or whatever who try and tell you that everybody just needs to believe what they want to believe. Everybody has a right to believe what they want to believe, but you need to know that there is such a thing as truth and that God's word is true. And therefore, you need to put your trust in Jesus and in him alone. He's our only hope. But if you trust in Jesus, he will not fail you. And you will see more and more and more 
that his word is true and that he keeps his promises and that he will never leave you or forsake you. Whatever you go through, you'll never be on your own. He'll be there with you and he'll carry you through. You can trust in him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these precious young lives with so much to look forward to. I pray that you would help them to make sure that they are on the narrow road, trusting in Jesus alone for salvation. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.